All right, funny thing happened towards the end of that broadcast. As everyone knows, the lottery goes to 14 picks. Gary's all, hey, just ended after the 13th pick. I'm like, okay, if you, if you think that's the best thing to do. So we did. But anyway, Cleveland's pick is in. We'll have it for you momentarily. Chris, you had one job, one job today <laughs> to know. end it after 14. Richard's going to be Keegan, upset. I'm talking to Keegan Ota, and I'm like, okay, get ready to hit it. Get ready to hit it. You guys should have stopped me then and said, why are you going to hit it after the 13th pick? Could you get mad if we Instead, what's it? No, you should have said, why after the 13th pick? You had no clue where we were in the broadcast. I don't blame it on me. I love the way you try to turn that around. How clever. I'm just saying. Anyway, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers with the 14th pick, the last pick in the lottery, choose 6'6", 215-pound uh, guy from Kansas, Ochai Agbaji. Oh, that he, guy's good. I've heard of him. Very good. One of the knocks on him, and I hate this, hate this, hate this, is that I think he's 22. 22, it might be 23 at some point early in the season, and that might be the biggest reason he dropped. But if you watch the Final Four, if you watch Kansas all season long, I thought it was a terrific pick. I wouldn't have minded if the Knicks got him. A lot of teams, I think, would have had interest. But you know how it is for upperclassmen and 22-year-old? There has been. But Cleveland, I think, got a really good player. Okay, and uh, I can't remember what we said. Sorry, we're flying by here. Our next break is in 10 minutes. Okay, thank you, sir. Uh, all right, how surprised were you, even though I've been saying it all week, that Paulo Bonchero from Duke was going to go number one overall? And I was thinking of you earlier today because I remember what Chris has been saying for the last few weeks. I'm hearing is Chet Holmgren. Then a little bit later, it was Jabari Smith. But you know what? We all were hearing that. We all, we all heard were it was those what? two. Either, either of those two, and lately it was Jabari Smith. But late last right. night, sources started saying that it could be Banchero, and it made me interested or curious because Vegas put Banchero as the favorite. Not that that means a lot, but what did they uh-huh. know? Wow, that's interesting. But uh, Paulo Banchero, so now he would be a guy. Well, I think Jabari Smith as well would be two guys that are ready to contribute right away. Yes. Holmgren, maybe not, maybe not so much. Exactly. And I still, you know, I, I know guys like Billis, who was on our show last week, says Holmgren will be great. I mean, he can shoot the three, and his size right. won't matter that much. I, I, this is maybe going to sound really bad, but I think he's going to be closer to Sean Bradley than Zion Williamson or Giannis, wow. who he's getting compared to. I don't think he's going to be a mainstay Sean in the NBA. Sean Bradley? Sean Bradley was a flop. That's Sean Bradley I mean. used to trip over his own shoes. Yeah. Now, think of Sean Bradley playing college basketball and think of Chet Holmgren playing college basketball. I think there's a big difference. The main difference is that Sean Bradley didn't shoot threes and Chet Holmgren does. Other than that, they've got the same size, probably the same way. Well, I shouldn't say it. Holmgren they're not, is not the same tall. size. I mean, they're both they're big. Not they're not the same size. No, they're not exactly the same. Sean Four Bradley inches. was like 7'6 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I think crazy. Holmgren's listed at 7'2". Uh, but they both thin, and I, I think that's the biggest knock on him. I don't think he's going to be able to uh, be successful with the physical aspect of the NBA. I know if he's shooting threes, it'll be less physical, and I know he can defend. But what's the difference between him and Walker Kessler, except for the fact that he can shoot threes? And I know Kessler is good. Kessler blocks more shots. I think it's going to be really hard physically for Chet Holmgren to be successful. I don't think he'll be as bad as Bradley, but I think he's going to be closer to him than to some of the other bigs that have gotten drafted lately. But he's not the kind of guy that's going to be backing down the lane and trying to move people around. He's more like, offensively, he's more like a Kevin Durant. 
seven-foot guy that can that can pass, shoot the three, and he's a good defender. He's, he's a good defender. He can't shoot like Kevin Durant. That's a long ways away for him. Kevin Durant, one of the best shooters in NBA history from the outside. But what I'm getting at is he's not going to be your typical – Oh, I don't know. Give me a big power forward. Dwight in the Howard NBA. kind of guy. He's not. Yeah, he's not going to be yeah. a Dwight Howard type of player. That's that's not where they're getting. They're getting a guy that's good on offense, and he's a good um, shot blocker, and he's a good shot make you. What do they call it when you take a different alter shot? The shots, alter Al, the shots. Yeah, alter altering shot guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's. I mean, he's. There's a reason. I don't think everybody, including um, Oklahoma City. Picked him at number two. I mean, I don't think everybody is that dumb. I don't think they're that dumb. I think all, not a, a lot of times when you pick these freshmen, you're taking a chance because the ceiling is so high. To me, and I know I've said this to you, I'd rather go with a guy who's already proven himself. Not so much with Agbaji because he's a different position. I like the guy like Luca Garza last year in Iowa. I think he'll still be okay in the NBA. But they take a lot of players based on the potential. And we've Alex Len came out of Maryland Six years ago, I believe, and he was bigger than Holmgren as far as bulk and weight, and right, he's been right. a journeyman his whole time in the NBA so far. I just don't see guys who aren't strong. Now, if he gains 20, 30 pounds, puts on some strength, well, maybe it'll change. I, I'm not going to say I'm guaranteeing he'll be a flop. I do think, though, there were better picks than him, and I just don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be an all-star a perennial all-star. I mean, the competition in the West Coast Conference didn't have a lot of 6'10 guys, I would imagine, like he's going to see in the NBA. And even though he's going to shoot threes, he's going to have a mm. lot bigger defenders on right. him than in college. But, but he's you're talking about just his conference. What about all the preseason tournaments where they play big-time schools, the NCAA tournament? He showed that he can play against more than just WCC opponents. That's true, and they played teams like Duke and Alabama right. and a few other good teams. They got knocked out early in the tournament. I'm not blaming him for that. I don't. He didn't put up outstanding numbers, and I know in Gonzaga's system, you're not going to have a guy like that getting 30 points and 15 rebounds. He's a really good player. I just don't think he's top two worthy, and I could be wrong. I have been before. I just don't like the, the strength size, and that aspect makes me shy away from him that early on. I think the safer picks were Banchero and Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith probably would have been a good fit for Oklahoma City, too. I mean, I wonder if they were so shocked that Banchero went number one, or maybe they heard some rumblings. But they stuck with what I guess all the mock drafters did and had Holmgren there. I wonder why they didn't take Jabari Smith. They want he's super, super good, and he is a guy that can uh, help you out right away. I mean, they've got a lot of draft picks less now after the Knicks trade, but they got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You got the guy Josh Giddy, who came over from Australia last year. Actually a pretty good rookie that many of us haven't heard or seen of. And I guess they're trying to build, you know, different skills, different skill sets at different positions. I still think it's a risk with Chet Holmgren. I mean, they could have used a guy like Jabbar. They could have used a four or a three like Banchero or Smith. I don't know who they have there right now. There's a lot of very unfamiliar names on their roster, but they got a backcourt. I think Giddy is a wing, but I'm still skeptical about him, and I know Oklahoma City supposedly wanted him all along. We'll find out in three years if it was worth it at least. Yeah, anyway, uh, so some trades were made. Update us on that. Not a whole lot right now when I'm looking at the trades. We do have, and let me go down the list right here. I guess the big one 
and we're still finding out more details about this. The Knicks drafted number 11, and I think it was going to be A.J. Griffin out of Duke. His father's an assistant coach, really good college player, great shooter, good guard. Or Jalen Duran, the center out of Memphis. Got a big wingspan. He's got the 265-pound body, to me, ready for the NBA. And they were looking to maybe trade up for Jaden Ivey, which some people said still could be in play. But they draft a guy out of the New Zealand Breakers, out of the uh, NBL, uh, Uzemi Dieng. And, you know, he's got good things written about him. But the Who? Knicks. Uzmane Dieng? Uzmane, Uzmane Dieng. Sorry, looking at my pronunciation thing here, too. Uh, he unproven, I think, playing in the NBL. When you get a pick like that, you could have gotten a center because Mitchell Robinson, their current center, might go free agency. He wants a lot of money to stay in the Knicks. Taj Gibson is their backup center. He's like 38 years old. He's pretty much done. You could have used a point guard, Ty Ty Washington of Duke. I mean, of Kentucky, I thought would have been a really good pick. A.J. Griffin of Duke would have been a good pick. But they trade him to OKC, who is drafting next. It's for future multiple first-rounders. That is all Adrian Wojnarowski or anybody else is saying right now is that it's future first-rounders. And when OKC drafted next and got Jalen Williams, the guard, the shooting guard, out of uh, Santa Clara, who Hawaii played, as you remember, that's not going to be for the Knicks, I don't think. Uh, so now there's also conflicting reports as far as a trade is concerned. We mentioned Jalen Duran of Memphis, the center. He went to Charlotte at number 13. And the first report said, and you heard it on ESPN Honolulu right before we came on, is that he was getting traded to Detroit. Multiple people who cover the NBA are saying, no, it's getting traded to the Knicks. And now on Twitter, at least a minute ago, people can't determine exactly where he is going. Uh, headlines like what is happening they're showing adrian wojanowski's tweet and sham charania who's another nba expert and he has jalen duran going to the knicks so we'll find out soon i wonder if it's a a a three-way trade there's somebody else involved he went to the he went to one place and he ended up he went to the knicks but ended up with the um the last team you just said See, that's what I thought. I thought maybe Jaden Ivey would be included, especially since he was talking to Spike Lee 20 minutes ago uh, backstage. Another Knicks reporter from the New York Daily News says, source confirms New York is inquiring Jalen Duran from Charlotte. This was 13 minutes ago. Uh, But people are contradicting that. Uh, What it also says is that the Knicks are going to trade Kemba Walker to Detroit. And that's how they get Jalen Duran. So it might have been, like you just said, in a way, Jalen Duran goes to Detroit, but then he goes back to the Knicks for Kemba Walker and probably more. That'll all be sorted out soon, but a lot of people really wondering what is going on with all the conflicting news about where Jalen Duran of Memphis is going. But two sources that I can see on Twitter are saying that Kemba Walker is part of that deal going to the Detroit Pistons, which is great for the Knicks. They get out of that contract. It didn't work out for him, which makes me wonder, why does Detroit want him? Yeah. You know, I, I did not realize until I was uh, in the other room uh, watching some of the television broadcasts and Malika Andrews, when Johnny Davis got picked, she kept going, ding, dong, ding, dong. And I put two and two together. He's the guy on the Taco Bell commercial. I didn't realize that. Because when he when he got drafted, I looked at his face. I went, wow, that guy looks just like the guy in the Taco Bell commercial, the one where they say with the first pick in the draft, so-and-so picks, the bell thing falls down and makes the bell sound, and he goes, oh, I'll be right back. And you see him driving through, driving through the Taco Bell commercial, kind of like a Pavlov dog, right? Those are yeah. all of their 
those are all of their um, those are all their commercials. It, somebody hears the, you know the, the bell sound and it's drop whatever you're doing, head to Taco Bell. I saw that guy and I'm like, wow, he looks just like that guy. That's so funny. And then she kept going, ding dong. <laughs> and I went, oh, that was the Taco Bell guy. That must have been a pretty good NIL. <laughs> yeah, National bet. television commercial, right? Right, right. I'll bet. I'll bet. All right. Coming up next, uh, Tim Johns from Zephyr Insurance is going to join us. Give us a couple of tips real quick on hurricane season. Also, more on the NBA draft, the live tour. Max Holloway's fighting a little while. It's uh, all's quiet on the Holloway front right now, but Max Holloway's got a big one coming up. That and more on the way with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Quarter to four with the animals. We'll have an update on the NBA draft coming up on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, back on the show, a friend of the family here. Uh, he joins us every hurricane season. He's the president of Zephyr Insurance. <laughs> Tim Johns back to join us here. Hi, Tim. How are you? Oh, bless you. <laughs> Sorry. Aloha. Excuse me. Hey, gosh. That's all right. It's great. It's always great to be uh, back on with the animals. Yeah. All right. So for folks who are maybe new or the, maybe some Lou listeners, tell us about, first of all, Zephyr Insurance and what Zephyr Insurance offers. Sure, sure. So Zephyr Insurance, we're the leading provider of uh, hurricane, residential hurricane coverage in Hawaii. We also provide homeowners uh, coverage as well, but mainly we're concerned about uh, hurricanes and if uh, somebody, a homeowner, any of our folks here in Hawaii get hit by it, we want to make sure that you're covered by any kind of losses. And we want to make sure that people are prepared. So uh, we want to talk a little bit about hurricane preparedness as well. You know, in this past year, the real estate market has been crazy. A lot of new homeowners, um, you know, with the lower interest rates we had before. So for those folks, how does hurricane insurance work? And is does you, you have to have hurricane insurance is it, is it a must yeah so in in hawaii it's not a it's not a requirement but if you have a mortgage like most of us do then uh, the mortgage companies require that you have hurricane coverage there's really three kinds of of insurance that homeowners need to have one is the general homeowner's insurance and that covers your home and your garage and places like that for mm -hmm. any kind of gen general damage. But those policies specifically exclude losses from hurricanes or floods. So you need separate policies for that. Hurricane coverage covers, if there's a hurricane that hits, it covers the damage from those hurricane winds. And flood, a flood insurance policy covers surging uh, surging waters or overcoming streams, those kinds of things. So most people need to look at all three of those. And just because you have homeowners, a homeowner's policy doesn't mean you're entirely covered. All right. I want a few of these. Um, you always gives us, give us some great um, preparedness tips, hurricane preparedness tips. And, folks, if you go to ZephyrInsurance.com, you can, you know, see the complete list. But give us a few while we got you on here on how to make sure. our, uh, you know, home a little safer. Yeah, yeah, and now is the time to do it. You know, hurricane season starts in Hawaii, started on June 1st. It runs through the end of November. And, in fact, we've got a little tropical storm, Celia, that's churning off of Mexico right now. That's probably uh -oh. going to be a hurricane over the weekend. 
Um, doesn't mean she, she's probably going to break up before she comes close to us, but we are in hurricane season. So now's the time to get prepared. So go in your backyard, check, check to see that the trees that might have grown up um, over the last few months are, are touching your roof or coming close to your house. So trim mm. those back. Check your gutters and your downspouts. Clear those so that if a, a lot of water comes running down, um, that they have a clean place to run through. You may want to retrofit. Um, your windows or your roof if if you've got an older home like i do that was you know built 30 40 years ago then you got to worry about whether your roof has the the modern retrofitting so take a look at that and then take your cell phone and go around and take pictures of your home take photos of your home or any of your any of your items that might be valuable so that if something does happen it'll help you document your claims and and now's the time to do it. We got good weather now, but we are in hurricane season. So just go out and do it. It won't take too long. Take a few minutes, and you'll be really be happy that you're prepared. All right. You know, when you talk about hurricane clips for your home, is that something that if you have them, maybe the um, the, the cost of insurance um, it goes down a little bit? I'm, I'm vaguely remembering something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. If you've got an older home and you retrofit it, then you get um, you get a credit on your on your insurance premium. So ah, very. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Not only does it going to protect your roof, uh, which is where most of the damage happens if the windows blow in or the roof blows off, and then everything in the house gets soaked. Um, but that also will give you a discount on your um, premiums going forward. Very good. We're talking with Tim Johns. He's the president of Zephyr Insurance, local Kama Aina company. How many years now? 21 years? 22? How many we're years? Tw- yeah, 21 years and counting. So, yeah, we we were formed a few years after Hurricane Iniki um, to try to meet the need. So, um, you know, it's been a few years, and, and we're happy to serve our, our friends and neighbors. Uh, finally, anything else you want to add? Nope. I guess uh, right now is the time to pay attention. Um, if you uh, have any questions about your coverage, uh, contact your insurance agent or go to the website or even the ESPN website can get us to the zephyrinsurance.com because if a hurricane watch is put into place by the Fed, um, then there's a moratorium and you can't buy a policy then. It's, everything uh-huh. is shut down until the hurricane goes. So now's the time to make sure you got the right coverage you need. All right, very good. Tim, we'll talk to you again. Thank you very much for your time. Yep, aloha. All right, Tim Johns, he's the president of Zephyr Insurance and uh, always comes on with some great timely tips uh, how to secure your home and make it hurricane safe. Anyway, the website, if you want to check it out, zephyrinsurance.com. Back to basketball. Oh, I was going to say that last point he made was pretty interesting, that if a hurricane does occur, too late to buy the insurance then. So that's right. interesting to know. Well, um, it's it's if it's a hurricane watch, it's too late for this time around. Now, if it comes and goes and nothing happens, you can go back. It's right. not like one hurricane hits. Next oh. week, you can get your – uh, by the way, if you're looking for an insurance agent – uh, uh, involved with Zephyr Insurance, go to the website, and there's a whole bunch of people that you can pick from. Okay, go ahead. Uh, as far as the Knicks are concerned, and there's so many conflicting things out there, I'm going to go with what NBA TV put out just a few minutes ago, that the Knicks somehow got Jalen Duran out of Memphis, who was drafted by Charlotte, and they traded him with Kemba Walker to Detroit. No word on what they got back from Detroit. And the reason the Knicks would be doing this, they are trying to clear up cap space by getting rid of Kemba 
so they could sign or make a run and an attempt at Jalen Brunson from Chris Hart's Dallas Mavericks. So that part, that part of it makes team. sense. Yeah. Former. <laughs> I'm a Miami Heat guy now. Okay, for, for now. But yeah, that okay. part makes sense as far as why the Knicks would do it. And, again, they're just this is, this is the third version of where Jalen Duran is going and why. So we're going to have to wait and see how that part plays out. Now, since we last gave you a draft pick, number 15 was also Charlotte, and they got themselves another big, which would explain them getting rid of Duran of, uh, Duran of Memphis. They got Mark Williams of Duke. Really big. He's got the size of 242. They list him at 6'10". The guy looks like his body is NBA ready. If you saw him this year, I think that's a good pick, and I was kind of hoping maybe he might end up with the Knicks. The next pick is 16 by Atlanta. A.J. Griffin, the freshman guard. They call him a three or a combo guard. He's a very good shooter. He's going to get better shot about 35% on threes. They say it'll get better. It's not a bad way to come into the league, though. Uh, he could do a lot for the Knicks, and there was talk that he would get drafted Somehow at 11, he didn't. Somebody's saying he's uh, a couple of NBA experts on Twitter are saying he could end up with the Knicks via a trade, but no word on that yet. Uh, number 17 was just concluded. LSU's Terry Eason. He's a small forward. He is 6'8", 216 out of LSU. LSU had their coach fired for NCAA violations, Will Wade, and basically the whole team left. Either they transferred or they went pro or they went to Europe, and he is one of the guys who decided to go uh, to the NBA. He averaged 24 minutes uh, a game last year. Uh, he's got some size, got a pretty decent shot. We'll see how it works out, but I think he'd be at LSU if it wasn't for the coach leading, but still he got drafted pretty high. And that was the last pick so well, far on the clock right now. Let me just get the next pick at number 18. And this is not refreshing. They're the Chicago Bulls. You Chicago know, what's Bulls. interesting is that, that three Duke players with the addition of 15 and 16, Mark Williams and A.J. Griffin, three Duke players taken in the first round. I wonder what the record is. Do you know? I'd have to think. I know Kentucky had three. I think the Anthony Davis year with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And I think they had a fourth in the second round early on. I think they've had three in the first round. Now, the lottery is a little different. When you get three drafted, at, well, it wasn't the lottery, I guess, at 16. Uh, I don't know if anybody's had three of the top 16 taken. It might have been a Kentucky. It might have been a Duke. But that's a short list, definitely. All right. Who's out there? Who's, a, who's a, um, you know, is there any kind of a Aaron Rodgers type guy sitting in the green room who should have been picked earlier? Uh, yeah, I think there are a couple of guys that are really good out there. Uh, let's see who I got. The Ohio State guard, Malachi Branham, uh, a really good shooter, another good player on a team that didn't succeed as much as they thought. They had a good backcourt. E.J. Liddell is out there, too. Both Ohio State guards are out there, so look for them to go soon. I mentioned little Walker Kessler. I mentioned him earlier from Auburn. Center averaged four and a half blocks a game last year. All right, and uh, we did get the Chicago Bills. Uh, Chicago Bills. The Bulls pick Dalen Terry out of Arizona, a point guard with the number 18 pick. 6'7", though. He's got some size, supposedly a good defender. He got hurt. Uh, in fact, I was at the game when he got hurt. I don't think he even came back. It was in the Pac-12 tournament against Stanford. He's got a lot of upside, but I think he's known as a defender, and he's got the size, hopefully, to defend in the NBA when you're a 6'7 point guard. Wow. So the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock now, uh, looking to you know get somebody to play alongside Kermit Wiltz, or I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's his uh, Adam Sandler name, Anthony Edwards. 
by the way, if you haven't seen it, check out the Adam Sandler movie Hustle. Very, very good. You'll love it if you're a basketball player. Totally not fake at all with any of the scenes. Yeah. Because, really I mean, like- it's all, all the NBA stars are in it. It made it much more enjoyable, much more realistic, if that was possible. And it's funny and touching. I would not be surprised to see Minnesota maybe go after a guard, specifically a point guard. There was talk when the season ended, Chris, that they were looking to trade D'Angelo Russell. Uh, They have Patrick Beverly, who's very good on defense, doesn't give you a lot of offense. you got Edwards, as you said, the Ant-Mad. you got Carl Anthony Towns. You can maybe go with maybe a small forward if you'd like. Uh, but they also got another uh, couple of young players out of Washington that fill that spot if they need. I think point if they do get a point guard like Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky, I would think that means even more so that D'Angelo Russell is on the move. Why would they put make the, Why would they get rid of D'Angelo Russell? You know, I, I think he's been more than adequate there. I think partly because of the money he's probably commanding. I don't know what his contract is now, but remember he, he was an All Star once. He's probably getting in the twenty twenty five million range at least which is almost average for average player nowadays. Mm. I, I, I was surprised at it at first. I would maybe think get a little younger and maybe get some cap space, but more so the cap space. But they're not – who are they paying a, a big bucks? They're not well, paying anybody big bucks. Well, wait till Anthony Edwards is up for his next contract and Carl Anthony Towns. You got oh, two, I forgot about Carl Anthony Towns. Sorry. You got those two stars in the makings there, so yeah. that might be the reason. And they're not like – I don't right. think they have a lot of money like some other team being, for the most part, a small market. Mm-hmm. All right, 808-296-1420, the Zephyr Insurance text line. Speaking of Tim Johns, uh, somebody texted in here. Thank you very much. You don't have to be physical in today's NBA, unlike in the 70s through the 90s when there were battles. It's hard for me to watch today's NBA and also for a lot of former players, too. Well, it was more physical. Sounds like you're boy. a little off, Gary. No, I mean, it was yeah. more physical. You, you mm-hmm. watch the NBA every now and then, don't you? No. Don't you see it? At a, you think Draymond Green's not physical? I watch highlights. <laughs> I know what he means, and he's right. It was way more physical in the 70s, right. 80s, and even part of the 90s. Rules have changed, and he's talking uh, about Chet Holmgren. When he tries to box out some of these guys, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Maybe he's not going to try and box out. What's he going to do if he's going to be covering a big guy on the other side, right? I think he better box out. <sighs> I don't know. I just don't think everyone's wrong, and you're the only one that's right. I really don't see that happening here. You know, at least I, if I don't, see, I don't make like I'm an expert. Because if I made a comment, I'd be making a comment off of somebody's 30 seconds of a highlight they showed when they picked. Perhaps you should be the same. And just be honest. I look into my own brain and come up with a statement. Those are my serious thoughts. You look into your own brain with that thought. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> All right, update on the uh, NBA draft. I'm not sure. I didn't have uh, Sports Center up a second ago. Not sure if Keegan mentioned it. But Jake LaRavia. La LaRavia. Or I'm sure they say on the mainline, LaRavia. Out of Wake Forest, power forward. Goes to join the Ant-Man. I call him the I always say the Ant-Man when I mention the Minnesota Timberwolves because I think it makes me sound really cool. I would go with just a little cool, but you're working on it. You know, I said they would probably go after a point guard if they were going to get rid of Russell. If not, maybe a a small forward, and it looks like that what they got with a 6'8", Laravia. Well, they got a power forward. He's a power forward, Gary. Those guys are interchangeable. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Okay. The the, the answer would have been the lines are really blurred in the NBA when it comes to positions. By the way, the San Antonio Spurs are going to blow it. They're on the clock next. 
Uh, well, are, we, are we going to agree that Walker Kessler could be the guy? Well, he's the best fit, Gary. It's seven feet, 245 pounds, but uh, I might go with the best available. M. Branham. See, I'm just, just coming off. I'm looking into my own brain. <laughs> Do you know his first name? You just know his initial. Oh, no, no. Cool people call him M. <laughs> He's the guy Malachi talked about from Ohio State a little while ago. That's not how you spell Malachi. M? <laughs> he spells it M-A-L-A-K-I. Malachi. Anyway, his um, parents got cute with the, uh, uh, the, the Malachi is a C-H-I. Okay. Uh, Walker anyway. Kessler was on North Carolina two years ago, and he transferred to Auburn. Sure. Imagine how North Carolina would have been if they had him still. Although yeah. one of the guys that got Brady um, Manet. I believe I can't remember his last name now. He was a three-point shooter with a big beard. He came from Oklahoma mm-hmm. as a transfer. But Walker Kessler is a good player. I mean, I, I know he's not as skilled as Chet Holmgren, but defensively I think he is at least. I mean, more of a shot blocker, but he's going to go pretty soon. I think that's one would, of the guys that will go would, soon. Would you say he's more like maybe a Robin Lopez? No, Robin or one of the Lopez's? Brooke, no, because those guys, oh, Brooke is a three-point shooter. He's almost like a, you know, a stretch four. He very rarely will post down. Robin doesn't really score that much. I believe he's on Orlando now. But they're both bigger. Remember, Kessler isn't much um, heavier than Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren's listed at 195. Oh, Kessler's 245. That's that's. That is more, actually. That's 50 pounds more. Yeah, I'd like to, like to get down to 245. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, I mean, he's not like the Lopez brothers. Not that they were great defenders of rebounders, but I think they were a little bit stronger. I mean, I, I still think you need that in the NBA. As the texter said earlier, it's not the same with the physicality in the dinosaur centers like a Dwight Howard back-to-the-basket guy. But on defense, you know, what are you going to do when a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are driving to the basket? Or, you know, what Andrew Wiggins is taking. And you're going to need some strength down there. And that's where I think it's going to be a little tougher for Chet Holmgren, at least early on. He could put on weight and, you know, totally prove me wrong. All right, let's go back to the Zephyr Insurance text line, 808-296-1420. By the way, coming up in 15 minutes, Paul Biancardi. Uh, he's the national recruiting director uh, from ESPN. Going to talk about, give it, get his thoughts on this NBA draft so far. Now, usually these um, these texts that start with these four words, they don't get on the air. We don't really make it on the air. But this one I'll read. It says, I agree with Gary. <laughs> Holmgren is going to be pushed around. The Zags have not yet produced a superstar. Have they not? No, that's a good huh? point. You know, you've had a lot of great Duke players over the years. Not How Duke, many of the, Gonzaga. You know, Gonzaga players over there. Well, Duke, too. I was going to compare it to Duke. That haven't translated to the NBA. I mean, Jalen Suggs is a rookie. He was like the number two pick last year at Orlando. He was uh-huh. hurt part of the year. I think he'll be okay. But some of the other guys that you've had come out of Gonzaga have not really excelled about, in the NBA. What about Drew Timmy next year? He seems so solid. You know, I thought so, too, and every mock draft I looked at had a mid or late second round, which is probably why he went back to Gonzaga two weeks ago. Mm. But they haven't produced, um, since John Stockton maybe, any really good NBA player. That's that's a really good point. There. I think part of it is their competition. Yeah, they're playing top ten teams a lot, well, three or four before the season, before the conference play starts, and mm-hmm. maybe one or two in the NCAA tournament. But they have – I can't think of any all-star. I mean, I'm sure they've had maybe one or two, maybe. But mm-hmm. who's come out of Gonzaga? I mean, you got the guy, Rui Hachimura. He's on the Wizards. You got yeah. Brandon Clark on Memphis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but not horrible. But Hachimura. not and, – and, and Hachimura, not Hachimura. 
Hachimura might develop into something. He's still young, right? Yeah. No? Been you know, in he's still a couple young. of years? Yeah. I think he's been in three years now. might be three years for him now. Mm. Um, okay. Corey Crispert, uh, who came out of Gonzaga, I think, a year ago. What's his last name? Crispert. K-R-I-S-P-E-R-T. I thought it was Cuspert. It's K-R-I-S. Okay. Uh, he, I mean, it's still early I'm in trying his to, career. I'm trying to catch you. <laughs> I'm sure you will again. No, um, but you know what? Okay, here's a question I had, and I heard it on the radio broadcast. And uh, I was out driving around, and was it Keegan Murray or Jaden Ivey? One of those guys, and this goes back to your point about Drew Timmy. One of those guys came out for the draft, and they were like a second-round, projected as a second-round pick, went back to school, and now became either the fourth or fifth, fifth pick. Do you know which guy that was? I think it might be Murray. I th- I've heard something or, like that. His twin brother actually did the same thing. His twin is on Iowa, and he declared for the draft, and he went back to Iowa for this upcoming right. season. But it, might, it wasn't Jaden Ivey. I don't think it was him. By the way, his mother is the head coach at Notre Dame women's basketball. Oh, sweet. Uh, might have been Shaden Sharp. No. Shaden Sharp was the guy that actually never played for Kentucky. Right, right. Did we say on the air or off the air why that was? I think we discussed that off the air. Can you tell folks why? It's listed as, hey, he played for – he comes from Kentucky. He never played. No, he was an early enrollee, so he reclassified as some players will do so they can enroll in school early. He left school, I believe, in October – Enrolls in Kentucky in January for the winter, uh, spring semester, I guess it would be called, and was supposed to play in conference play starting in January. I don't. The only thing I've heard back in January or February when I was a little upset in one article was that he never got to play, and Kalapari said he wasn't really ready, so he was saving his year. So like Ennis Cantor in a similar situation, he enrolls early at Kentucky. He had different situations going on with his credentials, uh, his credits and everything else coming over from Turkey. So he just went right to the NBA. Sharp is doing the same thing. I heard Bob Balvano on the pre-draft show on this station, and he was saying, I can't really say anything about it because I've never seen him. A lot of us have never seen him, even though the talk, including what Jay Billis saw at a practice, says this guy is the real deal and he could be a steal That's the first amazing. round. That's amazing. Nobody's really seen him. I guess you've got some, you got some tape, right? You, you, you know, you're watching some video, but nobody sees the guy, and you're going that high in the draft. That's pretty incredible. It's like buying a house sight unseen on the Internet. Pretty much. You'll see a picture from afar. And I'm going to ask Paul Biancardi about it. In fact, I think we'll start with that because I, thought you have to, I know you have to be a year out of high school before you're eligible for the NBA draft. And earlier this week, somebody was commenting that he hasn't played since October in high school. So it seems like he played in the beginning of the season. Who starts your season in October, I guess, too. But we're going to try to clear that up. But, again, I'm sure Paul would know a lot more about him being a draft analyst. But the talk do, on him is that he's the real deal. All right. When, is the, what, what, when does the NBA season start? October 17th, I think, is the opening day for this upcoming season. So they, maybe, they made it earlier. Maybe, when the, maybe in October, at the end of, you know, maybe in the beginning of the season, it'll be one year. So he is eligible to be drafted. He just can't play until whatever certain date, right? I thought of that as well, but I thought to be eligible for the draft, you had to be a year out. But it might be exactly what you just said. Exactly. That's what I was thinking as well. All right, with the 20th pick overall in the first, well, 20th pick overall, the San Antonio Spurs, dun, 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 select Malachi Branham from Ohio State, and the Denver Nugs are on the clock, followed by the Timberwolves and the Sixers. I wonder who Stanley Sugarman is going to want them to pick on the Sixers. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Hey, Stan. Hey, Stan. 
Uh, I wonder if people call him that now when they see him on the streets. I can't believe Bo Cruz has not been drafted yet. This <laughs> yeah. is crazy. <laughs> they should have Adam Sandler announce that pick, actually. Yeah, really. Going back to the Spurs, you mentioned the shooting guard out of Ohio State, Branham. The talk is all day before the draft is that they are listening to serious trade offers for their shooting guard, DeJounte Murray. Another Washington pick from several years ago. He's actually playing much better. I think he averaged 20 or plus more points this season, and a lot of teams are after him. I don't know why the Spurs would want to deal him, but that could be the reason why they drafted a shooting guard to replace him. Okay, so the Spurs seem to have like nine picks in the first round. So they have uh, at number nine, they got Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. He's the guy that has the different colored hair every week. And from what you were saying, uh, you're saying uh, kind of a defensive specialist, really yeah. good on defense, huh? Yes, yes. And then they take Malachi Branham, a shooting guard with number 20, and they have got pick number 25 as well. So with three first-round picks, it's not like you have three first-round picks in the NFL draft where there's probably a lot more more depth coming out yeah. of the you know in, in, with your picks. But at the same time, three first-round draft picks, I mean – What's his face? The washed-up guy. I mean, what's his name? Greg, what's his name? The best coach in basketball. Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. I mean, if he can't do anything with all of this talent, it's time to hang it up. Come on. Wait a minute. You, all this talent at twenty-five. Oh, Lori Santi's listening. She agrees with me. No, she she's a, she really likes Greg Popovich. She doesn't want to admit it. I'm just joking. She doesn't like, <laughs> like you. Uh, I, I mean, you could really improve yourself. I mean, look at guys. I mean, Draymond Green's the exception. He was 35. Tony Parker, I think, went 30th to the Spurs. And, of course, that was a foreign player then. There could be some decent player there. There's still some guys that are available that are still pretty decent that you can get. So I don't know exactly what they're looking for. They might know more, I would think, about that possible trade for DeJounte Murray. But there's also Jaden Hardy. He's a guard out of the G League a night. A pretty good pick. And they thought he might be a lottery pick at first. Somehow oh, wow. he dropped in the draft, but he's supposed to be a really good guy here's another center to remember christian coloco from arizona and i saw him in the pac 12 he is 7-1 and i think he's really 7-1 he's got strength he's got side he can block shots he can score down low and he can run the court well at number 21 the nugs take uh, kansas shooting guard christian braun the um there was a guy that seemed like he was a beast from his freshman year uh is it kofi coburn Kofi Coburn, and he played for, I believe, Illinois, if I'm yep. going. Yep. You never hear anything about him lately. I thought that that guy would be, a, if not a top five pick, at least a lottery pick. That guy was a, he was a beast. He was an animal. And I think he'll still be good in the NBA. I, I, I think I read something where his draft stock was dropping, and I believe that's why he's going back to um, Illinois. Uh, but you're right. He oh, was, really? He, he's he not a senior already? Seems uh, like he's been there forever. Let me see wow. what the latest is on him. Well, uh, you get the COVID year back, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah, there's nothing written about him being in college or in the NBA draft right now. He, If he was in the NBA draft, I, he's got to be a late first-round pick, you would think, at worst. He just got the side. I mean, he's listed at 7 feet, 285. You know, he played at a really good high school, played at Illinois, as you mentioned, um so we'll see about him but one thing it says yeah. is that he played at illinois but i thought i read he was going back so we'll find out more about it but nothing about him as far as even best available players and guys mm -hmm. like that he, you know he's good enough to be on the best available list at worst and you know what i say every year it seems 
in the NBA draft in the first round, in the NFL draft in the first round, somebody from Washington gets picked. <laughs> Somewhere around now, Ty uh, Ty, what's Ty Ty's last name? Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington from Washington? No, no, he's from uh, Kentucky. Oh. See, if he gets chosen, that'll count as a Washington player getting chosen in the first round, so the streak will continue. <laughs> okay. I just, anyway, uh, Walker Kessler finally got uh, he finally got picked. Kessler goes to the Timberwolves at number 22. Stanley Sugarman and the 76ers are on the clock right now. Coming up, after we talk with Paul Biancardi, he's a national recruiting director for ESPN. We'll get more on the NBA draft. Maybe find out what's going on with that weird trade deal with the Knicks and all of that. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, joining us now to uh, kind of, uh, number one, we're going to figure out where uh, uh, Kofi Coburn is going to get drafted. And is Walker Kessler, does he play for the Timberwolves or does he play for the Memphis Grizzlies? Joining us now from ESPN, the National Recruiting Director, Paul Biancardi. Hi, Paul. How you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, especially with the first round still going on, and our heads are spinning, Paul. So let's go back to Chris's initial question. We were wondering all along, because we got to see him play against Hawaii a few years ago, what is going on with Kofi Coburn? How come nobody has drafted him as of yet? Well, you know, he's not a mobile big. I mean, what he brings to the game is not as much in demand as it was 10 or 15 years ago. Mm. You know, he doesn't score the ball really well to the NBA. I mean, he's a big physical presence. Don't get me wrong. He can block out, rebound, do the dirty work, um, and be a defensive post presence. Offensively, he's limited in many ways when it comes to the NBA. Uh, I just don't see somebody who, you know, maybe even use him for the first-round pick. Um, Mm -hmm. So he'll get drafted, but it may not be as high as he wants it to be. Okay. Shaden Sharp is so interesting because he didn't play college at Kentucky, and a lot of people haven't seen him. We know he played for the New Zealand Breakers. What do you know about him, and was he in – I mean, I guess he had to be a year out of high school, but I understood he played high school not that long ago. Can you explain a little bit more about his skill set and his situation? Yeah, I saw Shaden Sharp a lot in high school. I saw him at the the Nike EYBL circuit where he dominated, averaged over 20 points a game, and – usually was the best player on the court against high-level players in the summer. I also saw him in high school for Dream City Christian. Uh, He reclassified up, decided to go to Kentucky. Before he went to Kentucky, I had him as the number one player in the class of 2021, and then he reclassified up. Uh, He's a legitimate NBA scoring guard. Guys, he's got great vertical bounce, and he's got NBA range on his jump shot. Offensively, he's gifted. He's ready to plug and play right away. He'll score double-figure points in the summer league. Uh, his upside is, is down the road in year three because you got to remember, he didn't play basketball last year, so he, he has not been in a competitive environment since high school. So it's going to take a, a summer league and a year to get the rust and the rhythm out, get those reps. But I think in year two or three, you're going to see somebody who can really be a, a scoring factor uh, for Portland. Don't forget this. If he stayed at Kentucky and decided to play out the year and had a good season, uh, he was most likely the number one or number two pick in next year's draft. So I love the pick by Portland. 
Wow, and I guess it takes you some time if after being out a while to get kind of up to speed with the how fast you need to play defense in the NBA. Our second question, though, I wanted to get back to this because I'm confused. At ESPN.com, I've got two different logos depending on what page I'm looking at. Walker Kessler, is he a, is he a grizzly or is he a timberwolf? You know, I'm in a car right now, so I don't know where he got dressed. Oh, sorry. But I, I did talk to Bruce Pearl today, if you want to know what he said about him. What did he say? coach at Auburn. Now, he just said, you know, he really fit into Auburn's style so well as the defensive player of the year. Everybody wanted him or recruited him for his offense. He can't shoot a three. He's not the most uh, fast-footed guy. He's a seven-footer who can stretch the floor out of time. But he really emerged under Bruce Pearl in that pressing style at Auburn uh, to be the – you know, the nation's defensive player of the year, plus a shot blocker at almost four per game or over four blocks per game. He, he thinks Walker Kessler can be a guy, you know, who come in and play a significant role for a team over the course of time. Yeah, I had a great career before that at North Carolina. We're talking NBA draft with the National Recruiting Director for ESPN and the college basketball and NBA draft analyst as well, Paul Biancardi, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. You can check out Paul on Twitter, a great follow, at Paul Biancardi. Paul, what, what you've heard so far in the first round, what is the biggest surprise in your opinion? I think it has to be the number one pick, Paolo Banquero. Mm. For a long time, Jabari Smith, was rumored to be that number one pick. And Chet Holmgren, you know, he had some sizzle for that number one pick as well. And then when Paulo came, you know, kind of like a, a horse race, right? They were whipping the horse down the stretch, and then Paulo just, you know, won by a nose and got the number one spot. It wasn't a surprise to many people uh, in the last minute, but in my mind, they were all number one picks. Paulo, Bancaro, Jabari Smith, and Chet Holmgren, you know, Orlando obviously loved his scoring ability. Were there any players that you were surprised that they dropped as far as they did? I know about a, a month or two ago, Johnny Davis was higher. Even though he went 10, which is pretty high, maybe two or three months, you know, Big Ten player of the year, and I thought he went a little later than I would have thought after the season. Yeah, you know, he was really solid in terms of the draft in my mind. You know, he's not going to overwhelm you with flash a great upside, but I'll tell you what. He is a major contributor, and he's going to play a significant role uh, for the Wizards because his ability to defend. He could defend ones and twos, and playing all man-to-man at Wisconsin under great guard. You know, he comes in as a ready defender, a good ball handler, and he's a tough shot maker. Now, he made a lot of big shots for Wisconsin, so I think he's going to be a steady, solid uh, contributor in the NBA. I'm not sure if you – don't understand the entire trade with the Knicks. I don't think it's been announced totally, but we do know they drafted number 11, Usmane Diang, off the New Zealand Breakers, and they traded the Oklahoma City for three conditional first-round draft picks we're hearing. The Knicks also traded Kemba Walker to Detroit and Jalen Duran of Memphis, who they got in the trade for Charlotte. What do you think they are up to? Are they still trying to clear up cap space for Jalen Brunson or trying to make another trade for Jaden Ivey? Well, I think they're trying to create space for uh, Jalen Brunson. I, I know that they want him. His father is on the Knicks staff right now, Rick Brunson. And after the season he had with the Dallas Mavericks, you know, Jalen Brunson is a Tom Thibodeau-type player. He's tough-minded. Uh, you know, he's mentally strong. And he plays the point guard position to a T. Uh, the other thing is, you know, Charlotte drafted Jalen Duran, and obviously they, they moved him along. So, 
Charlotte got some draft picks out of that deal. I think Charlotte did that for the Knicks uh, so they could get Mark Williams at 15. Mm. Another big guy from Duke who did a pretty good job. We were wondering, uh, you know, Duke had three players drafted in the top 16. I thought Kentucky did that maybe the Anthony Davis, Gilchrist year, but has any other team had three draft picks in the first year or three in the top 15 even? Uh, not that I can even think of at this time. And, you know, Duke, you, you talk about, you know, wh- who do they have? They had Paulo Bancaro. They had Mark Williams. Uh, is it Wendell Moore was their third guy? Well, A.J. Griffin's the third. Wendell Moore will go pretty soon, I imagine. Yeah, A.J. Griffin. So there's four right there. I, there's four. And then Trevor Kills is going to get drafted in the second round. So they're yeah. going to have five in this, this year's draft. Which is amazing. I want to get your opinion on this. Next week will be the one-year anniversary since NILs were legal basically everywhere, and we've seen the results so far. Do you anticipate with NILs, with the dollar amounts attributed to them, that maybe more players will stay in college? Instead of being one and done or two and done, maybe they'll stay to their junior or senior year. I'm not talking about top three picks like this year, but guys that get drafted late lottery, mid-first round, will they maybe stay later because they're getting paid to stay in school? And some of that money is pretty significant. Yeah, some of the money for the higher-end guys is significant. I don't think you're going to see lottery picks or bona fide first-round picks uh, off to stay in college because I think if you're a first-round pick, we all know that it's guaranteed money and you want to start your career and get onto your second contract. But I think for guys that are second-round picks or guys that are free agent types, I think it's a great opportunity to go back to school to improve your game, maybe improve your stock, um, and at the same time earn some money. Uh, I have two examples. Think about Armando Baycott at North Carolina. You know, he could have came out in the draft, been a second-round pick, a possible two-way player in the NBA, or go overseas and make a lot of money. And then Oscar Shibwe uh, for Kentucky. I mean, he was fantastic. Both of those guys led their teams all season long, but they're bigs, and they're bigs without a lot of skill. They're great rebounders. In fact, the best two rebounders in college basketball. And then that's why they would get drafted. But the value for what they do in the NBA uh, is a lot different for what they give the college game. So NIL with those two guys is a great example. They're, they're both making a ton of money right now, and I think we'll make more money as, as next year goes on. And don't forget this, Mondo Baycott, Oscar Shibway, they're also networking and connecting with the alumni bases of Kentucky and North Carolina. So when basketball stops someday and, and they want to start a business or they're looking for you know capital to start a business, they have a lot of connections over time. So I think NIL has made it very comfortable for the great college player who's not a, an NBA high draft pick to come back. Great point there. One more question before we let you get back to the draft. Has any team surprised you and you were maybe thinking, what were they thinking with who they drafted so far? No, not really. I mean, really it's been true to form in many ways. Like the, the players that got drafted, I expected those, like, in the top 15 or 16 to be drafted. Uh, the order might be a little bit different, but I don't think there was an outlier team that kind of said, whoa, what are they doing with that pick? I mean, we still have to figure out what the Knicks in Detroit and Charlotte are doing. Uh, I know Charlotte got some draft picks out of that. I think it was 2025 and, and some second-round picks. They got a first-round pick in 2025, and they got, I think, three second-round picks or four second-round picks in 2025. Uh, to me, that would be the, the million-dollar question. We'll keep on following the first round. It's been a fun day so far. Paul, we'll let you get back to the draft. Thanks again for uh, straightening a lot out for us so far today. Okay. Thank you guys for having me. I look forward to doing it again. 
Okay, thank you so much. Oh, Paul that's great. Hardy, uh, one of the best in the biz for the NBA draft from ESPN, former coach of the year at Wright State. In fact, he was a coach of the year for the Horizon League at Wright State years ago, but does a great job covering the draft. All right. Uh, our friend Justin texted us, says, Walker Kessler is going to Minnesota. They got Minnesota, got Memphis's pick. There you go. So there was Thank a you very much. I don't have the video, but Adrian Wojnarowski is uh, praising the Detroit Pistons on their draft strategy. Why would that be? What did they do that was so special? Well, they they took a can't miss player with Jaden Ivey, so that is good. I don't know if there's a lot of strategy. He was easily the choice they got after Sacramento passed. But maybe picking up Jalen Duran Duran from Memphis, they get a center now, a true center. Isaiah Stewart kind of played that last year, and he's undersized. He's maybe 6'9", plays 20 minutes a game, picks up a lot of fouls, but can score and defend. So maybe with those two guys, the Kemba Walker deal, he has one year left in his contract, so maybe picking up an expiring contract is part of their strategy to create more cap space next year. But we don't know what they gave up yet in that confusing trade. So we know who they're getting. We don't know what they've given up so far. And we'll have to have to wait and see on that. Uh, again, with some of these trades, and we know how the NBA draft is, so many trades in this first round. Some come after the draft is over, and then you really got to really read through uh, to dissect these trades because there's so many, I mean, especially when you have the three-team trades. I remember one year, a long time ago, maybe eight years ago, I forget the name, but I think his last name was Wright for Kansas, coming out of Kansas, and he got traded four times on draft night. Four times. I believe, well, I'm just, I know Memphis and Minnesota were two of the team. Uh, and that, that's happened, you know, Penny Hardaway, uh, Chris Weber, they got traded on draft night. Ray Allen and I think it was Vince Carter got traded on draft night. Might, might have been Antoine Jameson. But we get a lot of those trades. But usually we find out the complete trade. We're still kind of confused about the Nick Charlotte trade. One thing that was sort of cleared up uh, that Adam Silver at some point later will give the exact number of the three first-round draft picks. They're conditional. Three conditional first-round picks that the Knicks are getting from Oklahoma City. Uh, it, it wasn't done yet. So we'll have to wait and see. And when it's conditional, it's going to be based on maybe how the player they get is, does or what their record is. I don't know what three conditions they'll be, but I don't think the Knicks are getting any lottery picks. They'll probably be lottery protected, at least top five or, or higher for the Knicks to get that. So I'm wondering what the Knicks are doing, but I'm still trying to figure out Detroit. I think they picked up two really good players. Now you got Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham. That could be a nucleus of a backcourt for the next 10, 12 years if they're a little fortunate with injuries, where, you know, they're improving themselves. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA year in, year out. They got a little bit better at least today. All right. Uh, the uh, Miami Heat are on the clock. Their pick is in. If Ty Ty Washington goes, that'll be the uh, every year someone from Washington, a Washington <laughs> guy gets picked. Although you could say that in the um, with um, uh, Marjan Beauchamp from G League Unite, now, he's from Washington. He went to Yakima Community College or Junior College, and then for whatever, and I don't know, he didn't go to University of Washington. Oh, he went to Ohio State or something like that. I don't know. I'll bet he's been to Washington. I bet he's been to UW. So at least he's yeah. been there. There you go. There you How go. How could he not have? 
What a great story on that guy, though. Spent part of his life homeless and, uh, you know, kind of lost his uh, love for basketball and rediscovered it when he was in junior college. Now a first-round pick in the draft. We're almost done with today's uh, NBA draft. Nikola Jovic from Mega Mozart. Speaking of Claude Monet, Mega Mozart, uh, a 6'10 small forward uh, taken by the Miami Heat. The Golden State Warriors pick is in. We'll tell you what that is coming up in a second. Martin, thank you for calling. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, if I, uh, there was three all in the first team All-Americans on one university team. When I tell you their coach's name, Adolph Rupp, you'll know the university. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, I'm 86 years old. Just had a birthday, so oh, happy birthday! Back, thank you, thank you. Back in the day, and uh, if you can find it on the CRT, you can tell me the third name. I always uh, came up with a, a resort town in way up in um, northwest Wyoming, not too far from the entrance to Yellowstone. But the first two were Jim Hagen. And um, Jack Ramsey. Jack Ramsey played for the uh, Celtics many years, and uh, Jim Hagen played for the the Hawks, but the St. Louis Hawks with a teammate by the name of Bob Pettit. And all I can come up with is the name of that town, Thermopolis. The uh, six foot seven uh, long drink of water. Uh, uh, last last name is a Greek name, but I can't remember it. Uh, I saw them play in person in an All Star game, all three of them. But they mm-hmm. were first team, first team All American uh, in their their last year, senior year. So I know you mentioned earlier. Had anyone ever had three uh, first teamers from uh, the same school? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's before your. That's well, it's not 50s, that much before Gary's time, but <laughs> by a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, Chris was just Chris was just finishing high school then, I suppose. <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Martin. Hey, Martin. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. Have a good one. Absolutely precious. Absolutely precious. So the Miami, uh, excuse me, the Golden State Warriors. Picked a guy named Patrick Baldwin with the 28th pick overall. Um, overall rank, ESPN has him at number 46. The position rank, he's a small forward, is the 13th best small forward. Here's what their pre-draft analysis says about Patrick Baldwin. Um NBA teams privately sound extremely concerned about his left ankle, caused him to miss most of his high school senior year. Clearly not 100% based on the amount of time he's missed. And he's been essentially day-to-day for the past two months. Even when healthy, watching it has been largely miserable, a largely miserable experience. As he's mostly settled for incredibly high degree of difficult shots, played lackluster defense, had significant problems generating good looks for himself or others against low-key competition. I could keep going on, but I won't. Why would you pick that guy in the first round of the NBA draft? 
Yeah, that is when you hear that description. That usually don't hear anything. Usually don't hear anything that negative about somebody, especially <laughs> somebody going that high. Maybe he has a high ceiling. Uh, maybe the worst is over. I don't know. That's I've heard good things about him before. What you just described, supposedly a good shooter. Um, is he the best available? I mean, Kyle Lowry is their point guard. He's no, he's old. not the best available. I know. I'm joking. The I'm best joking. available is Ty Ty Washington. That's what I was wondering. I mean, with Kyle Lowry on his way out. Even though Tyler Hero, uh, he said he, w- he wouldn't mind moving on if he's not going to start. But Golden feels- State, Golden State, Tyler Hero doesn't no. play for Golden State. I know, but I'm talking you about. Just- oh, okay. Baldwin went to Golden State. Okay, I had it mixed up with the Miami pick. My, I think Golden State then can afford this. They can take a they can take a risk mm-hmm. because they've got everything. They they didn't even need this pick. I mean, they plan right. on signing. They have nine free agents, by the way. Nine. None of them are starters. Next year, they'll have uh, Poole and Wiggins to deal with. They're going to try to give them both extensions this year. But none mm-hmm. of the, only Looney is their big significant free agent, Gary Payton. Those are the only two out of the nine that are free agents. So they might just try to get depth, bench depth. That's not gonna, well, not going to cost them a lot. But I don't think they really need a player if they're being honest and say they're going to try to resign every player, even the guys that never even suited up in the playoffs. They don't really need anybody. So maybe this is somebody they can package in a trade or just kind of stash them in the G League and develop them over a few years. But they can afford a risk like that. Is it is that a position of need, a small forward? A guy that's ranked, you take 28th, but he's ranked 46th overall? If you're going to package somebody for a trade, maybe you take E.J. Lydell or you take, uh, like I said, Ty Ty Washington or somebody, right? Well, you got the starting backcourt, we know. You also got two backup guards in pool, and you also have uh, Moses Moody out of Arkansas, the rookie. He, he only played a little bit, but he had some good games, especially against Dallas in the series clincher earlier this playoff season. So they already got their backup guards, and they've got a couple of guys in back of them. Damian Lee is another backup guard. So I don't think they needed any guard depth, again, if they're going to resign everybody. And, I mean, if they're going to not resign everybody, you would imagine it'll be some of those guys. They have a guy, uh, Weatherspoon, on the bench who I don't think even suits up. They don't mm-hmm. have any significant players that they have to worry about except, except for Looney and Peyton. Peyton, another guard. So you've got four, you've got right now th- four backup guards beside the two starters. Uh, Damian Lee, right. Peyton, Moses Moody on pool. So you don't really need a guard at all unless you're going to lose okay. one of them. So you're looking at small forwards on their team. Moses Moody, I think you mentioned him. Damian Lee. Um, but they're actually, guards. They're really guards. Oh, okay. They're listed on this on their roster here as small forwards. Wow. Along with Clay Thompson is listed as a small forward. But um, maybe because Andre Iguodala is leaving. Yeah, he's probably going to retire. Um, they make a little puka. Yeah. Uh, again, I think they can afford the risk. They're in a position where. Again, if, I think Looney is a big signing guy that they have to get. He, I think he was a key for them. He had his best season. He's only one of four players that played in every NBA game this season. It was pretty mm. incredible. Even though he's not going to give you 20 points, he can defend. He can. Re- we know what he can do. So I think you really need to re-sign him. And Gary Payton the second, what he showed, even though he's not a great shooter, defense and finisher, distributor, you got to get him back as well. They both said they want to come back, but of course they're going to say it. So, mm-hmm. again, I, I think James Wiseman and Looney are fine at the center spot. I guess maybe a backup to Andrew Wiggins um, if you want to go that route. But you still mm-hmm. have so much depth. You you don't really need anybody new, and you'll be fine. Uh, okay, Ty Ty Washington just got picked with the 29th overall pick in the draft. Point guard from Kentucky goes to Memphis. Last pick is uh, coming up, it is uh, OKC. Somebody texted in at the Zephyr Insurance text line uh, regarding, because they were wondering, I'm wondering out loud, what's the deal with Patrick Baldwin? And uh, they say, 
the texter says, isn't that what Golden State does? Well, I mean, Steph Curry was a little bit of a reach. A lot of teams passed on him, including Minnesota, twice in that draft. Um, I think they. I don't know if that's what they do. I mean, James Wiseman, I don't think was a, a risk. He was the number two pick. I mean, he only played a few college games, so maybe, maybe to a certain extent, yeah. But they're in a position, I guess, where they can afford to. Moses Moody, again, Arkansas had a really good run, uh, twenty twenty one in the NCAA tournament, making it to the Sweet Sixteen, and he excelled. So even though he's not going to play much, they can afford to maybe just stash him, and maybe when Steph or Clay eventually retire, he's a perfect guy to put into that spot once they're gone. And remember, uh, Clay, uh, Steph Curry played thirteen years. He'll be thirty four. I don't know if he's going to be around five more years from now. I mean, he'll be LeBron's age, I guess. But I don't know if he's going to be around five years. And same with Clay Thompson with the injury. You know what? I, if he wanted to, he could he could hang out for five years. He'd become more of a liability on defense. But shooters shoot, man. I mean, he, he's not going to lose his shooting touch. He can lose some of his quickness. He can lose, you know, not maybe be able to guard anybody. You compare it to guys like uh, Dirk Nowitzki, right, who played till he was 41 because he could still shoot. Good Carmelo point, good Anthony point. could still shoot. That's a good so, point. Uh, yeah, Sports maybe. Center's coming up in a moment here on ESPN Honolulu. I'm just thinking if he wins a few more championships and he does show the age, maybe he will uh, want – I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Steph Curry might want to play at least 45 like Tom Brady. But I would think at some point, just like LeBron, you get a little injured when you get to that age and things start – you, know, you don't want to see LeBron James be a shell of himself. That's going to be sad to watch. So, I mean, I don't know how Curry's thinking, but I think, again, you could afford to get guys like Moses Moody and even pull to a certain extent, although they needed him this year with the injury, stepped up. But look how good he did when Steph was out and when Clay was out. So he proved himself earlier. But they've got a backcourt for the future on their roster right now. All right, that'll do it for the first round of the NBA draft. And um, I'm not sure we've heard of a lot of the players who are going to be picked in the second round. But what would you say regarding this draft? How much of a surprise overall, the number one overall pick, Paolo Banchero from Duke going number one? Because it seemed like it was Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith until late last night. What, what, I'll tell you what I like about it first, and I'll tell you about the surprise part. When we see mock drafts, you with the NFL draft, me with the NBA, we study them like nightly, and we go to as many as we can. And they're all very certain at whatever month before the draft that those picks are going to happen, at least the top three or four. Those are easier to pick. So I was, I, I was actually happy that it didn't go according to the chalk, according to form, according to the prediction, because it just showed that those predictions are just predictions. As far as how surprised I was, I think it could have been either or. I don't think they're necessarily the same player. Banchero's edge might be that he's more NBA-ready, even though they were both fresh. Now, he and Jabari Smith are the guys that really changed slots from one and three. Holmgren was penciled in at number two. That's not a surprise. But it was going to be Smith, Holmgren, then Banchero. I don't know what Orlando thought at first. I mean, they're they're pretty similar, except maybe Banchero, I think, is a better driver to the basket where they're both good outside shooters. They both can shoot from the outside. Banchero can back his way in as well. He can, you know, I think he's good on defense, and he can post you down. Jabari Smith, I, I, Jabari Smith doesn't do as much of that. He's, to me, more of just a perimeter shooter. He can drive to the basket, but he's not going to post you up. That might be a little different, but I think they're really good. They both got good upside. They're really good shooters in a way, though, from what I remember, Jabari Smith might be better three-point shooter than Paolo Banchero. But people were saying, and Jay Billis said it to us a week ago, that he thought Banchero was maybe the most NBA-ready of those okay. guys. Okay, 
if Jabari Smith was higher rated than Chet Holmgren, why did OKC at number two stay with Holmgren and not jump at the chance to take Jabari Smith? All indications are that they had their sights set on Holmgren all along. And some, somebody even, a couple of people wrote on Twitter why, what you just said. Why didn't they go after Smith if he was available? They were so set on Holmgren, they wanted a center. They wanted a true center. And I guess that's the spot they thought was their biggest need, not as much as a perimeter shooter. I don't mm-hmm. think you could have gone wrong. Again, you know how I feel about the difference between them. They had their sights set on Holmgren all along, and they got their man. They think he'd be a good fit in a small market, which isn't a big reason why they would take him necessarily. Uh, but, they, I mean, Sam Presti knows what he's doing. He's done a pretty good job overall. But we'll see. Again, maybe in three years he'll be good and bulk up. I think he's going to struggle really early on in his career. All right. Well, the uh, I guess the big trade was the Detroit Pistons. They acquire Kemba Walker from the New York Knicks, part of this three-team trade involving the Hornets. Also saw the Pistons acquire the draft rights to Jalen Duran. Um, that was uh, kind of a big one uh, in, in a three-team trade there. Yeah, and we're not seeing what went back. Again, I, as a Knicks fan, we're hopeful of Jaden Ivey, but you're not giving up. You're not getting Kemba Walker and Jalen Duran for Jaden Ivey. That's not going to be the trade. There would have to be a lot more. But I wonder what they're giving up. Uh, we'll, we'll find out, I'm sure, by the end of the draft, the second round underway. But I think Detroit is in a good position because Jaden Ivey almost fell to them, where a lot of teams apparently were trying to move up to number four to get him from Sacramento. Sacramento passed on him and went with Keegan Murray. Jaden Ivey never even met with Sacramento. He didn't visit there, and he never talked to anybody. But people thought they would like him because he's the best player, best available at number four, even though Keegan Murray was there. And a lot of teams, the Knicks, Indiana, and a few others were trying to trade up to get that number four pick. So Detroit okay. get Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham. Again, that backcourt is looking pretty good for the next several years. Right. So Duran now, he went number – okay, so he's with Memphis – he went to number 13 to the Hornets, and then he was traded to the Pistons for a 2025 first-round pick. That's what I, is that part of what they got back, a 2025 first-rounder? I, I didn't even hear the 2025, but that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. All right. The, um, also in the NBA, as we move along, now we're following the uh, draft. If something uh, crazy happens in the second round, we'll be the first to let you know here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, In the NBA, Kyrie Irving, Mr. Popularity, has created a list of teams that he'd like the Brooklyn Nets to consider while working out a sign-in trade. You know, if they can't come up with a deal to keep him in Brooklyn, he says, okay, here's my list of uh, five teams I want to go to. If you can't work this out, let's do a sign-in trade with these teams. Those teams, and I don't know why everybody in the world knows about it. It's it's just like Kyrie Irving yeah. can't get enough attention. It's if like, he gosh. released this, or how, I wonder how they got this info. Yeah, it's Kyrie or somebody released it could because be Kyrie he loves when could be, or he just loves when people talk about him. I, I think that has that. something to do with this. I really do. Why does it leverage if you have to, if you let everybody know? Because why not let the Why not let the people in the dealings know? Hey, here's a list of people I want to go. Send an email to the GM and leave it at that. Well, you could, but I, I, I don't think he went to the media and said, here are the teams on my list. 
It hasn't been attributed did. to any one person. I think he did. And it's I'm according still to sources. Yeah. It's according but to sources. But it could come from his agent. His agent could have been the one to do that to get the Nets worried because now people are saying, "Oh, he might go to the well, Clippers, the Lakers." Do you think the Nets? Do you think the Nets are worried more because it's in the open, or if it was in a private email, it would be the exact same thing? I know. I know. I think Kyrie Irving is just saying, "Hey, you know what? I I need people to talk about me. I need it." I think it's I the opposite. It. I don't think he wants people like Chris Hart and others talking about him just because he's a little different. He's, I think he likes yeah. being a little you know, quiet, hiding in a crowd, and not being noted every little move he makes. Well, then why do we know every little move he makes? Because they're kind of controversial at times. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the list of these teams is <laughs> the uh, L.A. Lakers, the L.A. Clippers, the New York Knicks, who he said he didn't want to go to, but now he does. The What is this, the Live Tour? Come on. The Miami Heat, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think of that list, Dickens? It's funny. It's funny. Okay, here's where I start. Funny ha-ha funny or funny, funny ha-ha, interesting? Like it's, no, it's funny ha-ha funny. Here. It's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. hilarious. Okay, I won't say it. I'm not supposed to say that. Okay, here's why it's funny. Seriously, you think James Harden and Kyrie Irving can coexist with Joel Embiid? There's no way that's going to happen. And what would Philadelphia have to give back to Brooklyn? They're not going to make that trade. They're not going to. And how can they afford James Harden's 40-something million, Kyrie Irving's 40-something million, and Joel Embiid's like 40-something million? They'll have a Golden State payroll of 300 million plus. That is not going to happen, I would almost guarantee. Here's another ha-ha. Do you think Pat Riley's going to deal with a guy like Kyrie Irving? I don't think so. I don't think Jerry likes his talent. He's not going to deal with that. you got to deal well, with Jimmy Butler up, already. Why mess up what you have? You've got so, you've got a team with the – did they have the best record in the East? Yes, they did. Uh, and you're going deep into the playoffs. Let's add this guy to come in and mess everything up and be a total distraction. How about a, a ha-ha-ha, he-he-he, ho-ho-ho, to the Dallas Mavericks? To make that work, you would have to trade Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic isn't playing with Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving's not playing with Luka Doncic. And you know what? Mark Cuban, I think, is tired of being burned by superstars. And it goes back to, oh, what was his name? The center that was with the Clippers. The center that was with the Clippers. DeAndre Jordan. You know, he's tired of people like that. I I don't think Cuban goes in that direction. I think he's too smart for that. I mean, it's not so much the attitude or the baggage. It's just that they won't be as effective on the court. Both of those guys need the basketball. So mm-hmm. it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't mesh on the court. That's why I don't think that would happen. I, now, think, the, on the way, I think on the court and off the court, if you, want yeah, instant, yeah. if you want instant distraction, because that's what he's proven to be his entire career almost, not always, but almost his entire career, wherever he goes, He's a distraction. James Harden couldn't wait to get out of there because of Kyrie Irving. Okay, I'll say this about that. Distractions, I don't think really, if it's a minor distraction, I don't think it bothers or concerns a lot of teams. LeBron James could be a distraction. I mean, Anthony, I mean, almost almost anybody could be one. I, I think it's overstated at times. I think what they care about in a lot of sports, including football and basketball maybe the most, is what you do on the field. As long as you're not in jail and some people are questionable as far as they might end up in jail and doing things illegal. But he hasn't done anything illegal. He's a distraction. If you could curtail that and maybe keep him in check, so to speak, he's great. He's one of the top three point guards in the league. At times, maybe the best. At times. But he is a distraction and he has baggage. 
So I, I think some teams might shy away from that. But if you want to win now, if you want to win next year, the Lakers have a much better chance with Kyrie than they do with Russell Westbrook, as an example. But who's going to take Westbrook? Right, I don't exactly. think the Nets are. Nobody wants Westbrook. Well, and Charlotte these... might. Why? Because he's, he, why get, why because would you... Michael Jordan do that? Because he, he, the salary comes off the books next year. And they have two guys that they're going to have to get rid of in Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Gordon Hayward's hurt too often. You get mm. that cap relief next year. Okay. But, okay, by getting uh, Russell Westbrook, are you going to go into any kind of luxury tax situation or anything like that if you're the Charlotte Hornets? I don't know for sure, but I would doubt it because you're going because... to have to get back like 40-something million back to okay. the Lakers like Gordon Hayward and Rozier. It'll okay. almost even out. Okay, because he because Michael Jordan is I think the only owner that hasn't gone into the uh, into the you know dipped into the luxury tax area. But that's, I mean, that's uh, the rumor. That's not my opinion. Actually, I've just been reading that since the season ended. That people mm-hmm. are speculating that that could happen. So I, I, we don't know if it will, but I mean I mean the Lakers are talking about Darvin Ham, the new coach. This is what we're going to do with uh, with Russell Westbrook. We're going to have them all. I mean they have to say that now. It sounds smart, but I'm sure they can't wait to get rid of him, but they find, got, they got to find a taker. Now, other people have suggested the most likely scenario, this is even crazier maybe, is mm-hmm. him going back to Oklahoma City. I don't know why Oklahoma City would want him. they got all the why, young players. Yeah, why, why are you going to mess up Why are you going to mess up these young players? Now, if it was somebody else, you might say, oh, that's a good job. They've got a young players. Now they have a mentor coming in. Russell Westbrook doesn't strike me as being a mentor. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, he's still talented. It's not like he's washed up and that bad. He just can't no, shoot can't that good. Shoot. And he yeah. turns the ball over like crazy. Yeah. But okay. he's not like he's, he's just, totally He's done. Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's a good basketball no. player, but he can't shoot. No, he's isn't way that the main point? Isn't he's that the better. main point of a basketball player is you take that orange thing and you put it through the orange cylinder? That's kind of the main thing in basketball. It's but you got a guy that can't do it, and we're talking about a Hall of Famer. Well, when you have a point guard, that's part of it. You also want to be a distributor, a facilitator, and he's great at that. I mm. mean, I, I'm not defending him, really. I'm just saying he's not oh, like sure he's totally done, and he's not Ben Simmons. He can shoot better than him. But some of those shots <laughs> were Ben Simmons like last year. i got to admit that. You're right. Mm. All right. Well, we'll if anything uh, comes up on this draft, I, I don't see anything really exciting here in the second round, but we'll keep you updated here on ESPN Honolulu. 92.7 FM and 1420 AM on Detroit style pizza day. I saw that. I Detroit style pizza. So not, you know, New York style. I, I, I like New York style. I'm not a Chicago deep dish guy, but I've never had Detroit style pizza. So it has, if you're not, if you're not familiar with it, I wonder where can you get in Hawaii Detroit style pizza? Cause it's a, it's a thicker crust. Yeah. But it's very airy. It's not like thick and dense like Chicago pizza crust. Um, the slices are square, so New York people like you and Bobby Curran hate that. Um, Detroit-style pizza was invented in 1946. So it's the pizza dough, then they put the pepperoni, then they put cheese, and then they put the sauce on top. That's the difference. You're right. Big difference, yeah. I, but does anyone do it like that here? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I every now and then I'll see a Detroit pizza advertised for a month at maybe one of the fast food places. Like uh, I think Papa John's has done it, or Pizza Hut has had uh-huh. a special on it uh, right. within the last twelve months. 
Um, I have, I've only had it once. I think it was at an airport somewhere. It wasn't Detroit. But I saw on Instagram today an Italian restaurant on Long Island. They're selling it today in honor of that. But wow. the square pizza that you referred to, though, in New York, you get Sicilian slices. And those are just square slices that are a lot thicker than the traditional one that you're talking about. But oh, you know, Pizza Hut. You can order Detroit-style okay. pizza from Pizza Hut. Okay, okay. There still there. Go. Okay, I didn't know that. So, so it'll be pop- popular today then. All right, 808-296-1420, our number to text in, the Zephyr Insurance text line. Let's get back to it. Um, somebody says, June has only 30 days, so Monet, Monet cannot be showing. Oh, did I say t- to the end of the month? So the, it's the beyond Monet is till the end of July. Yeah. Till July 31st. Thank you for catching that, Mr. Texter or Ms. Texter. Uh, Daniel texts in. And he says, it was Ray Allen being traded for Stefan Marbury in 1996. Vince Carter for Antoine Jameson and Robert Tractor Trailer for Dirk Nowitzki in 1998. Now that came just before SportsCenter. What are we referring to? I was talking about the first round, and I was talking about trades, and I was saying there have been times when two guys in the first round, even in the lottery, have been traded for each other. The Ray Allen one I might have said for Vince Carter uh, and the Stephon Marbury one he brings up. I brought up Steph, uh, Penny Hardaway for Chris Webber, and one of the more famous ones I did mention, thanks, Daniel, was Robert Tractor Trailer for some unknown from Germany named Nowitzki. What a dumb trade Dallas did. Why did you get rid of Tractor Trailer? Good Michigan center had the body for this no-name guy from Germany. What was Mark Cuban thinking? Mm-hmm. And we know the rest is history. All right, thank you guys for texting in. Here's another one. Uh, oh, here we <laughs> talking about uh, Westbrook to uh, going to um, going to in the trade. Yeah, he says, or is the trade LeBron James for Kyrie Irving? That comes from Mark. That think would be interesting. Trade Kyrie Irving? Well, I mean, the, see, one thing about the, the trade, if they trade, okay, Kyrie Irving has until June 29th, a week from yesterday, to opt in or opt out. If he opts in, he gets 36.9. He's under contract for one year. If he doesn't opt in, he'll be a free agent June 30th, noon hour time is when free agency starts. It's not July 1st at midnight, June 30th at noon Hawaii time. Then he can go to any team. The problem with that as a free agent, nobody can afford $40 million for him. None of those five teams you mentioned can afford it. He would have to do a sign-and-trade. So, first of all, what are these teams going to give back? And I know LeBron's salary would maybe match Kyrie's or pretty close. That's not going to happen. But what are these teams going to have to give up? Uh, again, and Pat Riley wouldn't want to deal with them. I don't think any of those five teams, except for maybe the Clippers, would be willing to even make a trade like that. But you're going to have to give a lot up in that sign-and-trade. Okay. Uh, Texter says Jimmy Butler would never, would not ever want Kyrie Irving in Miami. He's kind of echoing uh, your sentiments in that, and I agree. Being the the big Miami fan on the station that I am. Uh, <laughs> you're right, you're right. And he goes on to say Detroit-style pizza is where somebody stole all the meat off of it. Really? They have meat on that, don't they? I'm looking at a pizza at Pizza Hut. A pizza. See, I hang out with you and Bobby Kern too much. I just called it a pizza. Hey, let's order some pizza. I've never said pizza. Pizza. Uh, uh, I got a text here. It says, this is Thomas. I'm from Detroit. He's from Detroit. You are correct on how they create Detroit-style pizza. However, I must admit that Chicago-style pizza beats it. There's nothing like it. 
And I'm talking about the hole-in-the-wall type of places in Chicago, not the chain restaurants. Remember when we had, do we still have Harpo's Pizza? Is that still a thing here in Hawaii? It's closed downtown. I believe it's closed on Kapa'ulu as well. On Kapa'ulu? Is that near Kapa'ulu? Uh, right around the corner. My, <laughs> my question is, you would call Harpo's Chicago-style pizza, right? No. 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 It, it was basically just square pizza. It might have been closer to the Sicilian in New York. It wasn't. I don't think it was. But it that was thick. thick. I don't it think was, it was that thick. It was thicker than a regular it, normal. It was like deep. Wasn't it deep dish? Yeah, I don't. I've seen ones that are thicker than that. Oh. But that's a good okay. point. That just because they're square doesn't make it necessarily Sicilian or Chicago. Okay. And we say congratulations to you, Gerald DeProza of Waipahu, called in and got himself a couple of tickets to Beyond Monet, the immersive experience. We'll have more tickets to give away tomorrow here on ESPN. Hey, you know what? Get the tickets, win the tickets on the radio, and tell your partner, hey, you know what? I got a date night. I spent all this money on the tickets. And then um, you take them on a date, and you'll be a hero. huh? So you're encouraging people to lie to their spouse. Yes, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> hey, like Dr. Charles R. Cocky says, happy wife, happy life, baby. <laughs> Our phone number to get in on the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line is 808-296-1420. And uh, we'll go back to the uh, NBA draft if uh, something else comes up. They're in the second round right now. But um, the Live Tour, Gary was just mentioning to me something off the air. I didn't know the Live Tour, why is it called the Live Tour? Well, L-I-V, Roman numerals for 54, that's how many holes they play. Yeah, sounds simple. I just never knew it either until about yesterday, I believe. I don't understand why their logo, though, looks like it's something that uh, you might see on the the, the Brady Bunch. (laughs) It's very, like, early 70s logo. I don't even. I don't. Can't even recognize it in my my brain right now. Uh, I've only seen it a couple of times. You can't recognize it in your brain that. right I can't now. Can't picture it right now. Use your use your words. It's uh, it's hard to describe. Anyway, point is, you brought something up about um, Commissioner Monahan. I can't. In my brain, I'm looking. What's his first name? Jay. Oh my God, Jay Monahan. Thank you. Jay Monahan had something to say. I guess the New York Post dug up something from the past. Yeah, and they go back to this previous February when they reported this. Okay, there was talk about this live tour going back to last October, apparently. And there was an investor, uh, this person, the first investor, already does business with the PGA Tour on the legal gambling side. So it was going to be him and three high-level PGA players on the tour along with that deep-pocketed investor, they made a proposal to Jay Monahan. Now, the talk started in October. The actual proposal came in February to get rid of the threat of this possibility of a live tour taking place. They told him this is a real threat. He didn't think it was any threat at the time. So What's what they quote? were offering... Uh-huh. What they were offering was this, an eight-team event, we know how that works, blending uh-huh. into the PGA Tour schedule. They would have replaced some of the Tour's fledging events, which the player investor group would buy from the Tour. Now, the financial backer, again, who's already in business on the legalized gambling side, was going to committing $500 million right up front. 
He was going to get another $500 million when the concept gained footing from other investors. He was basically guaranteeing that $100 million right there. Five hundred million and five hundred million is a billion. Billion, wow. excuse me, a billion dollars. Yeah, so that's a pretty wow. good start. Now, these were going to be eight events, as I said. The problem, I guess, for the PGA or Jay Monahan is that these events were going to be owned fifty percent by the investors and fifty percent by the players. PGA did not like that. Their tour headquarters in Vedra Beach, Florida, they did not put an okay on that. And they thought, the investors said, this will put an end to the live tour ever starting. If we can get this, we'll keep all the golfers here. Jay Monahan brought the proposal to the chairman of the board of the policy of the PGA, Ed Hurley. On October 30th at first, he was shot down once. He went back in February, and what Jay Monahan was saying, if it's not 100% owned and controlled by the PGA Tour, it will be viewed as hostile. Wow. And that was it then. So we know what happened since then. Uh, yesterday, Jay Monahan, as he's been doing a couple times this week, has been giving some comments and press conferences regarding this. And, again, back then in February – he was told about this again. He said, I don't believe it's going to happen. One of the financial backers, quote, said, Jay, the Saudi league is going to happen, and this would be a great way to thwart it off. Monaghan in February said, quote, I don't believe it's going to happen. Yesterday he was asked about that, and the question was, in retrospect, did you with the PGA Tour underestimate the impact the lived golf tour venture would have and his quote was i don't believe so i've taken it very seriously from the outset so i <laughs> wouldn't i wouldn't suggest that i've underestimated it at all they've got the quotes from him from february and october where he said it'll never happen so he contradicted himself there i think wow. it's partly stubbornness on his part to admit he's wrong to not maybe give in a little bit although the purchases are going to be higher that's a, that's a step in the right direction but uh Monaghan is also revamping the schedule, $54 million adding to purses, and we'll see how that goes starting next month. Maybe that will keep some players there. But I think they um, under they did, obviously, underestimate the Live Tour. I'm not a fan of the Live Tour, but with them just starting, I think you can only imagine what it would be like a year from now with how many golfers they do get. I wonder, though, if they got all the stars that they're going to get. I wonder, right? You know, they might have some other guys or maybe some guys from the European tour or something like that. I wonder, though. I, I mean, I don't know. It's like I was so surprised when Brooks Kepka went over. But I'm wondering, okay, they've had the opportunity to talk to Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy and all of these guys, John Rahm, and they haven't gone. I wonder, though, if that's if, if this is why I tend to want to think and this is just my gut. It's a big one, but it's my gut. I would just have to say that I think that the, the, that's going to do it for the stars. There might be somebody coming up. You know, I would you know, I would expect that somebody like Ricky Fowler would go to the Live Tour. Yeah. Just so he can continue to play golf because he's not get, he's not making cuts on the you know. But again, he hasn't won in I don't know how many years. By the way, I got some news out here: the DP World Tour. Used to be called the European Tour. Right. They are going to ban live golfers from the Scottish Open. So this that's coming up July 7th through 10th in uh, Scotland. It's a week before the Open Championship. So I wonder, now you've seen guys like, well, actually Ricky Fowler won this tournament back in like 2015. Past winners are Graham McDonald, Martin Keimer, 
Phil Mickelson. I'm guessing a lot of guys, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing a lot of guys will go over a week early, play in this, get used to the weather and temperature and all of that. I don't know if this is going to be played if the Renaissance Club, where it's played at, is a link-style course. But anyway, I'm wondering if um, – I wonder why they did that, first of all. Yeah, that, the British Open's not, obviously, the, the Open. Right, but I wonder if the P, they're just a, you know what, we're, I wonder if, if it's the lobbying from Monaghan, and these guys said, you know what, we're behind you. Because without without the association with the PGA, the DP Tour is nothing. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, one thing you said a minute ago, though, Chris, when you said you wonder if this is all the top talent or stars they'll get. I mean, t- a week ago, we knew Brooks Kepka wasn't going because he said it. Right. So for Colin Morikawa, I mean, I know some of these guys are going to keep to their word. But it, right now, that doesn't mean anything because, again, look, look at Brooks Kepka. I'm not sure if the Shambo said anything similar. But look how quickly they've yeah. gotten some talent. Not top ten, but the Shambo and Kepka for starters. That's only right. after one tournament. What happens after two or three more and that money is still out there? I would think some of these guys are going to realize, hey, the, the negativity is wearing off. With that much money, why not? Okay. Well, let's get into the changes that Jay Monahan has made for the PGA Tour, which some guys kind of like, right? I mean, this is great, huge money. And if you've, you know, you're going to make – not everybody makes $100 million from the Live Golf Tour. So if you're going – but if they're going to give you $50 million, right – and you've only you've been in the PGA Tour for ten years, and you've only won thirty-eight. Well, you're getting the fifty million. That's just an appearance fee. If you're on a winning team, that's another three quarters of a million dollars. If you win a purse, that's four million dollars out of you know. If you come second or third place, you're still making probably more than a lot of these tours. Let's go back to what Monahan said uh, just a couple of days ago in the changes he made, which were really in part forced. By Phil Mickelson. That's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Let me be clear. I am not naive. If this is an arms race, and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete. The PGA Tour, an American institution, can't compete with a foreign monarchy that is spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. We welcome good, healthy competition. The Live Saudi Golf League is not that. It's an irrational threat, one not concerned with the return on investment or true growth of the game. Now, I know legacy and purpose sound like talking points that don't mean much. But when I talk of those concepts, It isn't about some sort of intangible moral high ground. It is our track record as an organization and as a sport. That was yesterday when Monaghan came out and said that, uh, you know, that, yeah, we're open to healthy competition. Well, obviously you're not. The Live Tour is competition. It's more than healthy competition. It's the most competition an established sports league has probably ever had. And he's he's poo-pooing it as, but that's not competition. That's an irrational threat. They're they're, going to ruin the sport by throwing just so much money at it. So he responded yesterday, 
And the whole reason that Phil Mickelson got in trouble, not the whole reason, one of the reasons, is that Phil Mickelson came out and said, hey, uh, by the way, um, these, you know, this, is, this Lib Tour is coming out, and this is a good chance to you know, get, make the PGA Tour run right. You know, PGA Tour is greedy, and he said all of that. And it didn't, wasn't a good look, and you know what happened after that. Well, if the PGA was fine the way it is, then why did Monaghan have the press conference yesterday and change a bunch of things that the PGA Tour is doing? Because it's why golfers left to go to the Live Tour. For example, they're changing the FedEx Cup playoff um, system. They will have massive purse increases at eight events, right? Eight events. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. They're going to have a calendar-based season instead of a wraparound season. And they um, and he reiterate, reiterated that hey, if you go to Live Series, you're not coming back. But here's what he did. And this makes it a little um, – one of the biggest problems a lot of players have is those young, those guys that don't make the cut, the guys who are up-and-comers. How do they get their career going if they, they, they need to pay for their coaches and travel and things like that? And if you're going into the tournament and you miss a couple of cuts, oh, maybe you make one cut and you, you got $53,000 over the month. Well, you're seeing nothing. You're in the negative because of all the travel and the payments and caddies and coaches and things like that. So when this is over, so he, Jay, the complaint against Monahan is, he's only serving the stars, not the everyday your journeyman golfers, right? Which is what they do on the live tour. Which is why I'm surprised that not more of those guys have gone over. Maybe they weren't invited, but at the end of this season, uh, the final round of the Wyndham Championship. So the players ranked 125 or better on the FedEx Cup points list. They'll qualify to compete in the fir- first uh, tournament of the FedEx Cup playoffs. So 125 golfers are in the playoffs, and all of those golfers will earn full exemptions into the PGA Tour next year. 125 guys, guaranteed you're in, boys. Monahan is changing it and dropping that number to 70 in 2023. So there's 55 golfers who are going to have to qualify again to play in the PGA Tour. If you're ranked number 71 through 125, again, sorry, pal, you're out of luck. I don't see how that's a positive. What is that? Re- what is his reasoning for that specific move? I don't know, and I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. To me, all I can say is, and someone might text in at 808-296-1420, that there's a, that's a good thing. I don't think it is. Now, they're going to have, and this is kind of sad for fans like me, the, uh, they're going to a calendar-based season. So instead of basically it looks like they play all year round. So if you're somebody like Rory McIlroy who likes to you know, come in later after the Sony Open, well, you're already down in your FedEx points. You've got to catch those up. And, by the way, he's leading at the Travelers right now with a 62 after day one, so he's doing a good job of catching up. But anyway, so the PGA Tour in 2024 – will start in January and end in late August. So while you're watching the NFL, golf isn't going to be around until, you know, the Century of Champions and then the Sony Open come around. 
Some golfers have indicated about that specific point that it might make it healthier for the PGA Tour if they have more rest time instead of going year-round, even though not every golfer is year-round. Do you think right. that's a possibility where that could be a good thing overall for the Tour, to have right. these guys more rested up at least? Right, because these guys are going, oh, because most people have said from Cantlay to uh, some of these other golfers, oh, that's great, they love that. Hey, yeah, you know right. what? I'm not going to miss out on anything. I don't have to play golf. I can spend time with my family and not miss out on anything. I mean, they did that wraparound schedule in 2013. It doesn't make any sense unless you're thinking, I guess, a year-round sport, why they would do that. I, I, I don't know. Um, also, I guess the last thing is, uh, well, they have the, the big purse increases. So at the Genesis, the Arnold Palmer, the WGC, Dell Technologies, Match Play, and the Memorial, some of these big tournaments, uh, they're going to go from $12 million purse to $20 million. Then the Century Tournament of Champions on Maui will go from $8.2 million to $15 million. Again, who goes to the Century Tournament of Champions on Maui? Guys who have won a tournament. You know, not your struggling, not your, you know, not your struggling young actors like Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> My wife watches Friends all the time. Uh, the Players Championship will have a purse of twenty-five million. Uh, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational and the BMW Championship that's going to jump to twenty million. So on these eight events, I don't think it's any coincidence that there's eight events. Right. The 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 championship purses are going to get up to the live range. When you mention the calendar year, January to August, and maybe this is an easy question to answer, I guess it would be, but doesn't the Ryder Cup always take place in September? That doesn't fall under that at all? I, I don't know. you got to ask somebody who knows more than me. I can't remember when the Ryder Cup is. It's I'm not almost, a big Ryder I, Cup guy. I'm, I'm not a big President's Cup or Ryder's Cup guy. Okay, okay. But, I, you know, I, try, I believe you. Um, one of the things that some of these younger players or, or players, uh, journeyman players were talking about, one of the things they did is they've, they've been wanting to get paid a certain amount at the beginning of the season. Okay, I'm on the PGA Tour. Here's uh, $30,000 or whatever. Money to get them started, right, so they can pay for their travel and pay for their coaches and caddies. And Monaghan, he was asked about it. He said, well, it's not off the table, uh, but, you know, he didn't say it was coming. This is what his answer was. And this is hard if you're a, if you're just a, a young player. The foundation of this tour, the mediocrity of playing on the tour, how hard it is to get out here, how hard it is to get to the highest level of the game, that is ultimately going to be the attribute. This is ultimately going to be the element that will continue to make this tour the greatest tour in the world. So what he's saying is, by your struggles, by you struggling to keep your head above water, that's what makes this tour great. I don't agree. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. All right. Well, good uh, good show today. Once again, we'll have more, I guess. We didn't get a chance. I want to tomorrow, um, you know, get into Max Holloway. Max Holloway in uh, the, the trilogy against Volkanovski. That's coming up in like nine days. Max Holloway's fighting. Got more uh, on the NFL that we couldn't get to. And the, it was fun covering the uh, NBA draft today, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It's over. We got the summer league and free agency right down the road. <laughs> okay, so we will see you tomorrow. Please, everybody, enjoy responsibly Detroit-style pizza day. We don't want you to get too crazy about that. We'll see you tomorrow.
on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Oh, also, don't forget, tomorrow we'll have more tickets to give away to uh, Beyond Monet at the Convention Center. Keep listening for that. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Honolulu.